Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help, I Have a Teenager, the podcast that's here to answer all your questions about the new teen age. My name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and the co-author of a book called The New Teen Age, how to support today's tweens and teens to become healthy, happy adults, alongside my wonderful co-host. Oh, that must be me. My name is Dr Ginny <laughs> Mansberg. I am that wonderful co-host, as well as a wonderful GP and mum with six kids in a blended family. Joe, we have two brilliant questions from our anonymous form, which you, our listeners, can find in the link in our show notes. The first one is a really tricky one and quite heartbreaking. Help, my 13-year-old daughter has run away from home. Today marks day 19 of her being away. The parents she's staying with let their teen daughter do what she wants. School attendance is erratic and she just keeps saying she'll come home when she's ready. We have tried to keep open communication, but as soon as I say something she doesn't like, it's back to square one. She doesn't even give us a reason why she's left. I've tried to access all services available, but there are long wait times and it's all aimed at the child wanting to participate. She is engaging in risky behaviour, including stealing, I think, and maybe drinking and increased sexualising activity and is not on contraception. Police can't do anything. Oh my goodness, Joe! mum or dad, whoever sent this in, can you just feel the love? Joe and I are sending a massive big hug out to you. Yeah, because this is about as tricky as it gets and our hearts really go out to you. And her. Yeah. Yeah. All of you. And it must be especially hard not knowing why she ran away because perhaps it's as simple as wanting the freedom that her friend gets, you know, that that might be it because, yeah, if there wasn't some massive blow up or some issue that you've been fighting about for ages, it may be just this choice. But, gosh, those 19 days must feel like a lifetime. And how isolated and alone because she's trying to get help by going through proper channels and is getting absolutely no support from anybody. And she's only 13, this girl. Gosh. It's very scary to think, isn't there, there's nothing in place. But the trouble is we do have this saying that teenagers vote with their feet and so if they don't want to be there, they will literally walk and be somewhere else, which is what you've daughter's done at the moment. So it is a really hard situation to deal with. And this is why this podcast has got the beautiful Joe sitting next to me at the moment in the studio because there is literally nothing she hasn't seen. And even though you should see her face, she's close to tears, it is very hard to hear this. I treasure your advice, Joe, all the time about everything. And I'm out here for this parent other than just look after yourself and get enough sleep and get some exercise and get enough you know good food into you because otherwise you're gonna fall apart 
but Joe, help her. She wants to reconnect with her daughter. What can we do? Look, my advice for you in this really, really tricky situation is multi-layered. Firstly, never give up. Don't give up and tell your daughter you're not going to be giving up. Make sure she knows that. Tell her that you love her and you miss her and you're going to be there for her no matter what. No matter what happens in her whole life, you're going to be there. Secondly, you've got to keep up, which I'm sure you are, but regular communication with her that's not just about coming home. Because if any communication you have with her is, come on, that's enough, come home, you know, we love you, we miss you, you know, I want you to be here. I mean, you give that message as well, but you also want to just send some other regular texts and messages. Seriously, it might sound really bizarre in this crazy situation that you're in, which is not your fault and heartbreaking, but to send her seriously funny photos, some stories from home, news from home, send her little gifts and cards. Picture of the dog. Exactly. If she misses the dog. Exactly. Any communication in this situation is good. And if you can see that if on the one hand you're saying, I love you, I'm worried about you, I want you to come home, yes, send that message. But if you're also saying, hey, and look at the things you're missing from home and remind her of that connection, how much you love her, buy those little funny little things, invite her for small catch-ups. Again, not just saying, of course, you want a home, but also let's just go for a walk. Let's just have a five-minute coffee. Let's just, you know, have a meal. The other thing I'd suggest is enlist the help of extended family members and friends. Is there someone else you'd be more comfortable seeing as a go-between? Is there someone else you'd be happy to go for a walk with or have a cup of coffee with who could be a mediator to find out what's going on? But just be open about that. Don't have any sort of hidden communication. Just if that other family member or family friend is going saying, look, you know your mum or dad or both are really worried about you, so you know I am going to be sharing information. The other one that I'd really, again, it might sound bizarre to be saying in this very serious situation is just remind her that you see a fabulous future for her. So if you can say in a note or text or email or both or card or anything or a phone call if you get a chance to speak to her, tell her that you know that she's going to live a great life because she's intelligent, because she's spirited, because she's funny, because she's kind, because she's a good person. Because you know it's complicated right now, but if you just talk about your fear for her and how bad this is and you're so worried that she's now engaging in risky behaviour and she's truanting, sometimes we have this expression that we are the labels we're given and if we're given a label that we're risk takers and you know dangerous, then we can become that. Whereas if you try and plant this other seed, paint this other picture about this really lovely future she's going to have and it will all work out down the track, then hopefully your daughter can see, wow, my parent really knows me more than anyone and knows that I'm going to be okay and knows that this is just a stage and they're hoping it passes as quickly as possible. But you're not trying to scare her back. Because I think a lot of people in this situation, like, can totally understand why, are freaking out, thinking, oh my gosh, you're going to run into trouble with the law. You're going to, you know, have a teenage pregnancy. You know, you're going to throw away your education. And to your 13 year old who has chosen at this time to live somewhere else where, as I said, she may just want this added freedom, that's not going to land on her. Whereas if you say, I'm, 
just want to keep the connection and I can't wait until you're living your best life because I know you're going to live it, then that's a more attractive thing for her to come back to. This is just such amazing information. Joe. what about this other set of parents who are currently in loco parentis of your child and sort of allowing her to do things that perhaps you wouldn't allow her to do? Is it worth trying to reach out and connect with them, even though you're clearly very different people and have very different ideas about what a good parent does? At least they're the lifeline of another set of adults. Should she be doing that? I'm presuming, maybe wrongly, but I'm presuming you have already reached out to this other set of parents and said, hey, I'm worried about my daughter, give her back. (laughs) But that's a really good point, Ginny. If you've already said, hey, you know, can you please help by bringing our daughter back and encouraging her to come back, that is As I said, I presume you probably have tried that. If not, do that. But I think the other way you can do is exactly what you're saying now, Ginny, is that, okay, they may be more lenient and have this, you know, open policy, but perhaps you can say, hey, as the other parents in her life, can we work together? Can we work together to keep this young person safe? Can we work together to let this young person lead her best life going forward? So, Can we keep the communication open? So if there's something you're worried about, can you share it with me? Can we be a team around this team during this really tricky stage? They might have heard some terrible things from the child about the parents. I mean, sometimes these kids, you know, can make things up, spin some (laughs) interesting stories. I can only imagine that these parents feel like they're protecting her from some terrible parents and that's why they're not sending it back. I'm guessing. It's really good if they see you as human and if they see you that you are a loving, concerned, normal, (laughs) typical, just loving parent and maybe not believe everything that they've heard. Yep. Either they're thinking they're protecting her or they're thinking that you're too controlling or too much of a helicopter parent because they are far more, (laughs) you know, allowing the child to do anything. If school is optional and other behaviours are turned a blind eye to, then, yeah, then maybe you've got a different style of parenting. And that's why I think it's really important when your daughter is at this other home that you try and mediate some sort of dare I say it, co-parenting relationship for the sake of your daughter right now rather than too heavy-handed because they might then close ranks and it might take longer. So the loving, positive future, (laughs) any way to connect to me is the best way to go. If you'd love unlimited access to everything women are talking about right now, subscribe to Mamma Mia. An annual Mamma Mia subscription includes online access to every Mamma Mia event, subscriber-exclusive stories, podcasts and videos from Australia's leading independent women's media brand. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. Our second question, Ginny, is my question is how to manage expectations of table manners for our tween. 
We've always eaten dinner together as a family and my husband and I have always encouraged what we consider to be good table manners. Eating with the mouth closed, elbows off the table, using a knife and fork, not talking with food mouth, not blowing your nose into a napkin, etc. Unfortunately, after years of coaching, it seems our 12-year-old daughter has missed the memo. She continuously eats with what we consider to be poor manners at the table, including if we're eating at a restaurant or at a family friend's house. And I find it really gross sitting across from her when we're eating. She doesn't appear to have retained any of the advice we've given her about table manners. And now I don't know whether to keep going on with the coaching or to give up and let her eat how she wants to. I don't want to feel embarrassed at the thought of her eating at someone's house and sometimes my reminding her of good table manners can cause tension between us at the dinner table. I don't want it to affect our relationship negatively. Please help. Joe. I am a graduate of the June Daly Watkins School of oh, High Etiquette. Oh, I am sorry, but I hadn't realised that. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, so <laughs> mind your P's and Q's around me. I'll be checking your use of the fish fork versus the meat fork. Don't you worry about that. I'm not entirely not on board with this parent. I actually think there is a role for eating appropriately in your circumstances. So I think possibly it's different at home versus at a you know, business lunch. Clearly, I'm feeling that this parent is, you know, maybe a CEO or a board chair or maybe a politician or somebody who, for whom this stuff is very, very important. Or she could have gone to Daly Watkins like yourself. Well, you know what? We got told it was respectful. It was respectful to the other people at the dinner table to eat appropriately. And I'm not entirely not on board with that. Perhaps June did get into my head more than I think. I think so. (laughs) Because I remember when I first started going out with my now husband, we had soup. Now, I've got to confess I don't like soup, so maybe that was it. Okay, soup but- and Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I know. I, you, I don't know you as well as I thought I did. Okay. I will eat it. I'm always polite. Anyway, but I was eating my soup, you know, this soup spoon towards me and the look on his family's face was, <laughs> was I was going, Joe, you are what? a pig, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm a pig. And they were saying, no, no, you tilted away. I remember going home going, hey, guess what? <laughs> this is how you eat soup. And they're laughing, do you? Oh, wow. So sometimes in other people's houses it is, but they help me. They help me. I do love this question because it comes under a broader umbrella of we don't want our kids to be self-conscious. We don't want to teach them, hey, it's really important what people think of you. So make sure that you have wonderful manners because heaven forbid somebody thinks negatively of you because that feeds a whole nother, excuse the pun, feeds a whole nother problem, which is just care about what others think of you. So we don't want that. But it's pretty important to teach just basic manners, whether they're table manners or if they're in friends' houses, how to help clear the table or, Mm -hmm. you know, how to say please and thank you, don't start the meal as soon as it's put down. All of these things do help. We teach our children not to pick their nose (laughs) or not to pull their hands down their pants because that might make others feel quite unwell, as does my husband can't handle people who eat with their mouth open. Actually drives them insane. Yes, yes. (laughs) And that's what our listener here has also said. But I think what's really good is not to bring this up at the table. I think that's the urge you want to resist. And it's really hard when someone's there smacking their lips and (laughs) and (laughs) telling a fabulous story. Bits of food flying everywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -mm. Not good for the diet. (laughs) Watching someone else do that? <laughs> exactly. I'm not hungry anymore. But as you said, as a family, you've eaten together, and that's great. We know a lot of research how good that is if you can have some meals together as a family. So you don't want to ruin that and have teenagers particularly just getting through that meal as quickly as possible because this lecture 
is just going on and on and on. And that goes for anything. That goes for telling them about how tidy their room should be or how much homework they should be doing. and you know, Or how that's... important it is to vote for the Liberal Party, for <laughs> that's example. Right, that's also right. doesn't go down well at the dinner table. No. So at the dinner table, what you want is just conversation. You want connection. You want great stories. So if you're having trouble following the story because, as you said, there is food <laughs> Splattering the mouth. A good way is to lightly. <laughs> we're both going to get hysterical. Oh, we're lose it. You could say to your daughter, hey, "I'm loving this story, but I'm having trouble." <laughs> could you just <laughs> swallow that bit of rice and then continue? And with my medical hat on, I do want to make sure that she doesn't have a blocked nose because there are some people who find it very difficult to keep their mouth closed because their noses are very oh, blocked. I blowing a nose in a napkin because she had a blocked Well, that might be the same thing. She might have terrible hay fever and, in fact, not be able to eat with her mouth closed because the poor kid can't breathe through her nose and that's why she's emptying the contents of her nose. Oh, my goodness. Right. I'm sorry. Oh, yes, okay. okay. Well, there's another thing. You know, <laughs> there might be a little medical yeah, tri- checkup. Trip needed. to the pharmacy or the GP. Yeah, that's right. But again, maybe not all at once at the table, away from the table. You know, when you help preparing, and if you're going to pick any child up, and this is from when they're little, and definitely as teenagers, if you're going to pick them up on anything, just one thing. <laughs> one thing's allowed to mention at any mealtime, and everything else you've got to bite your tongue and put on the agenda in your head for next meal. <laughs> in other words, we don't run through the catalogue of sins yes, over each else? meal. That's right. Because <laughs> you might need to take it as well. You might have a catalogue of sins as well. Gee, I hope that helps, Anonymous. I think that's <laughs> fantastic advice from us. I don't endorse sending your children to a manners coach. I don't know if it's What about exist. a Swiss finishing school? Perhaps, perhaps not. No, no. <laughs> Very expensive You can save, you can save your $200,000. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and that is all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, please... Email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. And if you like this show, please share it with your friends and tell people about it. This podcast was produced by the fabulous and very patient Emmeline Peterson. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg. I'm not losing it now. We will see you next week. Bye.